Thank you for tuning in to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation podcast network. Birds podcast. I'm Blake on Twitter at Blake Murphy seven joined by my co-host, the venerable John venerable tonight. We also have a special guest. We're starting our NFC West preview and we have lifelong Niners fan Kyle Posey, AKA at KP show on Twitter. You want to make sure that you follow him for all of the Niners updates. And Kyle, first of all, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Feels good. Bleeding scarlet and gold like I always have. <laughs> How are you guys? Great. Doing awesome. So Kyle, for those who don't know, covers the Niners for Niners Nation. Um, wasn't always uh, covering for the Niners, at least. Did used to work for, I believe it was uh, Bolts from the Blue, at least, with that one on the Chargers. And um, so kind of talk a little bit about how you got into uh, kind of how you got into the covering for the team, where you got some of this, you know, how you got started over here because it's not something that John and I would necessarily embrace, I think, for the most part. But uh, so props to you for a lot of that. But talk a little bit about how you got involved with that. And then, you know, we can get into previewing the Niners this year. Yeah, it really came out of left field. Um, the head guy who runs all of these SB Nation sites just reached out to me. He was a he's a Chiefs fan and he was writing him on Arrowhead Pride, which is a Chiefs website. And he reached out to me back in January that the position opened up and to apply went through a couple of interviews um, and then it just kind of worked out. So it really is just about networking from 2013, honestly. And that's how I got this. <laughs> that's good stuff, man. All right. We got a couple questions, John. I think uh, we'll probably handle some of the questions on the offense and then on the defense, and then we'll be able to just kind of get into it from there, at least for the most part. So John, how, how are you doing tonight overall, John? I'm doing well, Blake. It's it's good to have um, you know a, a, an individual rival here to talk about what we can expect from really the the trendy team I think of the NFC, that being the San Francisco 49ers. And I'll kick it off if you're comfortable, Blake. Blake with the, the first question, I think it's surrounding it, the biggest question mark this team has. They've addressed a lot of their um, deficiencies over the off season, but you know the expectations for Jimmy Garoppolo. Coming off of that ACL last year, by all accounts, he looked good. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the practices that I've seen, it's a critical year for him. And the, Kyle Shanahan has, has done a nice job of developing a couple quality backups behind him. But it's all about Garoppolo and his progress this year. What would you deem as a success for Jimmy this season, given the expectations on this team? Yeah, that's a good question. And the hype train, like you guys have mentioned, is just out of control right now. They are definitely the trendy pick, you know, um, 10 and 6. Everybody's saying everybody thinks they're going to just cruise their way to the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be that easy just because I mean, they've already suffered some pretty significant injuries early on here. But as far as Jimmy G goes, I would say, you know, like um, I'm trying to think of a quarterback to compare him to as like a season wise, maybe like, you know, one of those middling Stafford years where he puts up good numbers, um, like, let's say 22 and 13, something like that, where he's competent, but he does, he looks like he belongs is the best way to put it. Yeah, I think that's that's a good projection. I think we all hold Kyle Shanahan in a high regard as an offensive mind. So I think people just assume that, because of the success like Nick Mullins had running the same system with probably less help last year, people just assume that, you know, Garoppolo can be this franchise quarterback. And I think that remains to be seen, but I liked him. I grew up in Illinois, saw him play at Eastern Illinois. He definitely has the, the capabilities Cardinal fans 
we remember him coming into University of Phoenix Stadium in 2016 and beating them on opening night of Sunday Ooh, Night Football. Yeah. So, um, you know, we know it, he's capable. It's just about putting it all together. But, you know, there's another rumor out there circulating, and it's the Kyle Shanahan, Kirk Cousins connection. Um, we know that they would have had some interest had they not been able to land Jimmy G. Cousins has had a kind of lukewarm relationship thus far in Minnesota. Could you see any potential scenario in which Garoppolo does not work out, they can get out of his contract at the end of the season, and potentially going after somebody like Kirk Cousins? I, with the roster that they put together, I, I got to think that they're ready to win now, and at least Cousins would provide some stability. I, I know we're getting down the line with that, but is there any truth to some of those rumors that are out there? Yeah, it's tough to you know think that he would really like, I feel like he would have to be very desperate to make that move. And mm. he is going to be desperate. If it gets to the fact where he's not winning, we're approaching year four, you probably don't want to go into year four with a rookie quarterback, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I do think that just because, you know, he, he worked with cousins before that there's probably some truth to that, but I would imagine that just going via the draft, Picking your guy, your actual guy, not bringing in a guy that you're going to have to pay, what, 30, 35 million a year. And we already know Kirk Cousins ceiling. And I think you guys would agree that it's not as high as other people think. You're not you don't you don't want to pay Kirk Cousins that kind of money. So, um, yes, there's probably a little bit of truth to those to those rumors. But I just can't see that happening. It would just reek of desperation if they did that. Yeah, that's that's interesting, at least, especially because, as John said, it's like sometimes there's smoke, there's fire. Other times it's like, oh, someone's sending up a flare just for some of the takes. Got to got to get those takes off. Um, I, I do want to shift a little bit to the defensive side. Um, that was obviously one of the biggest areas that needed improvement. So San Fran really did overhaul a, a lot of their defense this year, at least overall. You bring in D Ford, at least overall from the Chiefs, you end up looking at um, bringing in Quan Alexander at linebacker. Also, you can take a look at obviously at Jason Verrett coming in from the Chargers. Um, even being able to take a look at another guy like a Sheldon Day coming over from Jacksonville. So the, the Niners, at least for whatever reason, it's just not been able to kind of sustain it up front. Um, they did also draft obviously a guy in Nick Bosa this year with the number two overall pick behind the Cardinals. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Nick Bosa. What's kind of the word with him out of camp, at least? Is this something that Cardinals fans need to, like, be ready for this guy to just be a monster every year? Is this a thing where injuries are going to impact? Like, What's kind of everything that you've heard, at least, on the number two pick? Because there's a lot of Cardinals fans who, like, really would have been happy in wanting to see Nick Bosa wearing number 97 in Cardinal Red this year. Yeah, when, when he's been on the field, he's been lights out. Like, he's been really, really, really good. The problem is he's just not on the field for whatever reason. He just seems to get nicked up by something just always seems to happen. It happened in OTAs and it prevented him from actually practicing. He got hurt, I believe, one of the third or fourth practices in training camp. And I was there. I was just watching it. It was just a run to the right. He's engaged with the lineman and he gets rolled up on. And now he's out for the entire preseason. So um, they're, they're hoping that he comes back week one. But there, he, the Kyle Shanahan wouldn't commit, so it seems like it's kind of a, a shot in the dark. And John Lynch actually said it was a significant ankle injury. He got up mm. and he was down for a while, and there there was uh, some some serious scare. So once the MRIs came back negative, negative, it was good. But when yeah, when he plays, man, he's the real deal. Watching him and Joe Staley go at it was a real treat. 
I, I would imagine Cardinals fans, as, as good as Kyler will be, probably, that, you know, Nick Bosa is not exactly um, a consolation prize. He's, he's going to be really good. It's just a matter of how many games is he going to play. And we actually have something coming out on that tomorrow where one of the guys that I, that I respect and I talk to quite a bit said that he doesn't think Nick Bosa will play more than 12 games ever in his career. Wow. Yeah. Well, when DJ Humphreys ever, you know, only playing like less than 12 <laughs> games in a season. So if Nick Bosa lines up on that side, we'll have to see how often the two would actually. Yeah, that, might, that might be enough to make it, right? a real impact on, against the Cardinals every year. You never know. Yeah, no, for sure. At least with that one. That's uh, interesting. It's also interesting, Leonard, you're, you know, just to get back a little bit with you were talking about with Jimmy with um, just with the idea with wins. It's so interesting with the Niners because Jimmy came in and went five and oh, and I don't know if we put too much into wins or stats as far as with quarterbacks because you know he went he, he, he looked good it was you know seven touchdowns the five picks and then it was mostly those wins i think that stood out a lot for a lot of people at least for the most part so as far as with the niners bread and butter do you think that it's going to be where they have to put together wins this season or is it signs of growth because it's like cardinals fans are not expecting a lot and it feels like the expectations are like much, much higher for the Niners now. I'm not sure. Do you think that's justified for the most part with the team? I don't know that it's justified just because we have, there is a lot of emphasis being put on a player that did something, what, like 18 months ago because Mm -hmm. he was really good for a stretch of games. And I mean, was he really good? He won. And I am a big proponent of quarterback wins, by the way. I I love that. Um, Better than but, quarterback losses, so <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you still, I mean, you still have to perform, and he—he's a gunslinger, and he has that gunslinger mentality, and it causes him to make some mistakes, and you see that every day in practice, you see that in some of the games, you saw that earlier in 2018. But he has Kyle Shanahan, and they added weapons, and they have Dante Pettis now, Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, and they have speed at running back. So all he has to do really is just play point guard and just distribute the ball without making those boneheaded plays, which will happen, but it's just going to be a matter of can he take care of the ball. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to see how this offense turns out. For yeah, sure. spe- speaking of the offense, and I think probably one of the you know, highly publicized position groups for this team is the overhaul that's been done at the receiver position. The Niners opted not to get involved. Uh, with Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, that seems to be paying dividends now. They've, they've decided to go almost all homegrown. Uh, they drafted Dante Pettis last year in the second round that had a solid rookie season, but has had some ups and downs uh, we've been reading during training camp. Jalen Hurd um, and Debo Samuel were their mid-round picks this year. And then, of course, you've got Marquise Goodwin, uh, who is coming off um, a down season but almost had 1,000 yards two years ago. What can you tell us about where this receiver group is going to shake out as, you know, there's not a number one that jumps off the page, but, you know, I look at that as a lot of quality uh, individuals who, who bring a lot of different things to the table, specifically the, the, the physicality of the two wideouts you drafted this year. How do you think that position group shakes out? Yeah, that's, I think quality is a good way to put it just because there are so many different hands and just so many different receivers out there. Um, actually, the, the top receiver, the go-to guy for Jimmy G, is it was Trent Taylor. And yeah. you could see wherever, whenever Jimmy G dropped back, if it was third down or if it was in the red zone, his eyes immediately go to the slot. And Taylor reco- was recovered. You can tell he has his like juice back. He can run again. But on the last play of practice Thursday, 
uh, safety lands on him, breaks breaks his foot, is out for a month. Like just some of the injuries that happen on this team are just insane. But um, Dante Pettis, like you mentioned, he has had some um, ups and downs, and honestly, it's been it's been a lot more downs than it's been ups. Like he's still mm. a really really good route runner. The pr- the problem is it seems like whenever a defender gets his hand on him, he's just not going to catch the ball. He's really struggled in contested situations this mm. just this training camp. And that's going to be something to keep an eye on during the season because I, I am very high on him. I think that he has the ability to develop into a number one receiver just because he can create separation like not a lot of yeah. receivers can. And I value that just a lot. And he has to stay healthy. He only played, I believe he only played half the season last year. So that'll be another thing. And he, he is the starting punt returner right now. So that's a, that's mm. another risky, risky thing as well. But yeah, Marquis Goodwin under a thousand yards at the end of 2017, him and Jimmy G have pretty good chemistry there. He's going to start. He's on the outside as well. I wonder mm, with Trent enough. Taylor being out, if we will see Dante Pettis slide into the slot now and it'll just be a mix of Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd. Both of those guys, they're they're coming along. It seemed like when training camp first started, they just looked like they had no idea what to do. And just within a couple weeks already, you can tell that they're progressing pretty quickly. So they look like they can play for sure. It's just about being consistent. And that goes up and down the roster where it seems like it'll be two days in a row where they all just like ball, ball out. The next day, it looks like they shouldn't be on the field. It's all about finding consistency with these guys. And I don't know. It, it's going to be a roller coaster, I think, is the best way to put it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of sums up the entire Hakeem Butler experience in Arizona. It sounds like <laughs> as far as that. It's like, everyone's like, oh, I've really lost faith in Hakeem Butler. Like, he just dropped an, two easy passes in a row. Then he makes like this incredible one-handed sideline catch. Everyone's like, oh, back on the train. So if it's like that for the Niners, then it's going to be interesting to see who who steps up after um, a good win. Um, Pettis is one of my favorite prospects, I think, in the 2018 draft. He went a little bit ahead of... Christian Kirk um, to kind of similar players in some regard as far as like getting the ball into their hands, um, being able to get separation. One of the things that the Niners do have as far as Mr. Consistency, though, is George Kittle, uh, along with a really strong run game, at least. I know that you have a kind of sought after run game coordinator who's been part of that. What's kind of the role he has? And then also, if the Cardinals are going to try to stop George Kittle, like what would be the best advantage or what would be the way you'd kind of have to go around from some of that if you could break down some of that for us on the Niners offense yeah so uh Kittle the best (laughs) Kittle looks unstoppable like the in short it's (laughs) really tough to guard Kittle seeing one watching linebackers and safeties try to guard him one-on-one it's not really fair he's just too big and fast and then slowly but surely we're starting to see them throw like these jump balls and jump passes to him so yeah Mm. he uh he looks legit. Um, he looks legit. Oh, sorry, I, I missed the. What was the other part? Oh, the other one was just the run game. I think was the other part because uh, that's one of the biggest things. Like last year, you know, Shanahan had God knows what at quarterback, and you still guys put up like however many yards it was on the Cardinals in that game, but using like a fullback and all of these other plays. It was, <laughs> it's always something that's been like one of the things when people say, "Hey, Kyle Shanahan's a, a genius." We'll talk a bit about him in a second, but talk a bit about as far as with the run game is that looking as Jarek McKinnon. We know he's kind of coming back. Tevin Coleman's a new weapon. There's not really a, a bell cow like the Cardinals have in David. Johnson though it seems like yeah there's there's really not and Tevin Coleman's gonna be the guy they uh 
Mm. He's been running with the ones. Uh, Matt Breida mixes in. Matt Breida is really the two-minute uh, third down back, and he's going to get carries, obviously. And when you talk about um, when you talk about the run game, it's really an extension of screens, is what I would say. Honestly, besides outside zone, I don't know that they run another run play. It's pretty funny, but. <laughs> It's just outside zone or play action. And then they'll throw a bunch of screens to Brita, um, Coleman. And then they, they actually throw quite a bit of screens to Kittle. And I'd be um, – keep your eye out for that because they use play action off of that. So it's kind of just, hey, we're going to run the ball so you don't think we're going to pass it all the time. That's really all it is. He wants to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. Yeah, that's that's something that Cardinal fans are you know, all too familiar with, and uh, I think that the Niners, you know, health permitting, could have you know, one of the more potent offenses. I mean, being able to drop thirty points on Monday Night Football, what was it last year with Nick Mullins and a you know, hodgepodge of you know skill players? I think that tells us, at least from a national perspective, every, everything we need to know about Kyle Shanahan. But I'm curious, what is the perception among Niner fans? of Kyle Shanahan because he received so much praise um, for the output of, you know, offensive production. But, you know, they're, for the most part, interchanging defensive coordinators. Um, the personnel really hasn't been there. Uh, what would you say that the, the fan base would, would view Kyle Shanahan now and then potentially after another disappointing season, where would he be standing with, with ownership? Yeah, that that'll be interesting, especially if you know they have a down season. If they go six and ten, I imagine the pitchforks will be out for Kyle Shanahan. I think everybody loves him as a play caller. Like you can't deny that he has some just genius schemes. Like he will scheme you open and you will score Absolutely. points. They will move the ball. The problem is the decision making is starting to creep up into fans and they're starting to, you know, it's year three. Now we need to see some results because he spent a third round pick on C.J. Beathard, who is nowhere near as good as undrafted free agent Nick Mullins. And he went out. I mean, just um, I think Brian Horror was another quarterback. And there's been some questionable other signings that, you know, um, they just haven't panned out. And it's it's fair. Like, I, I'm probably the biggest Kyle Shanahan fan. I've always been like that. But it's fair to, hey, you're a head coach caller, so you have to do it all. And putting it all together, it's it's going to be, yeah, like you mentioned, it's going to be interesting to see if it doesn't turn out like everybody, like, you know, it's not if it's not sunshine and rainbows this season, I imagine that people will come calling for his head. How is the relationship between Shanahan currently and John Lynch? And is that media um, hype or being overblown? Do they have a working relationship that's civil at this point? Um, because from what I've, I've read and heard from Niner insiders is that Kyle makes the decisions, majority on personnel, and then hopefully it lands on the same page with John. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, so there's, been, there's actually been a few reports this offseason just of we've heard um, some former staffers on the team that say they pretty much don't listen to the scouts um, that do all the legwork during the season, and they just kind of come in and pick the players that they want. So, and Kyle Shanahan has actually been, it's been reported that Shanahan doesn't like the fact that Lynch doesn't have a scouting background. So there's been uh, a little, uh, there's been a little back and forth between that. And, and they've, they've both come out and said that, hey, you know, we're great. We love it. We're not, we're not going to, 
nobody's ever going to agree all the time. But I mean, we, what do you expect them to say? They're not going to come out and say they hate each other. But yeah, I think uh, I, I would actually pay if they did come out and straight up oh, say it. That would, I would <laughs> I like that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that so much. Um, but no, I, I think uh, I think Lynch would go before Shanahan just because, like you like you mentioned, it, mm. it's pretty obvious that Shanahan does have you know a better grip on this team than Lynch. So, is it a good working relationship? Probably. Do that. Is there more friction? Is there friction here that's being let on more than you know that we think? I think so. I think that uh, it's not all. You know, it's not as sweet as. 49ers fans want to imagine it is yeah and i know john and i talked a lot about with this is even something that came up with josh rose and the nature versus nurture type of thing it's the same thing with parenting as i think people related to with nfl quarterbacks but how, how much of that like it seems like you'd be more on the side of it's not as much shanahan's fault or do you think that there is still you know as far as with the niners you get multiple you know top five picks years in a row there's just going to be a lot of questions that people are going to end up having regardless at least do you think that it is an area of the talent around him is it kyle is it a combination what's kind of some of your take on that because it seems like and i would kind of agree with you that he's the one who does seem like the talent here is there any room that this might be you know him having other issues despite obviously what we're seeing as far as the you know genius play calling on offense and bringing in a lot of guys who've you know really solid contributors yeah i think it just goes back to just some of their draft picks. When you have the number two overall pick, and you guys know this, you, the Cardinals have had high picks before. You just can't miss. You, you can't afford to miss those. Yeah. So Solomon Thomas not panning out is huge. You can't have you can't have that high of a pick and not do anything. And it wasn't the same regime, but same thing the year prior. Eric Armstead or two years before Eric Armstead, uh, Josh Garnett. They traded up into the first round, and yeah, like he he might not even make the roster. Like he's he's on the he's injured. So there's wow. just a lot of that. And it, it always comes back to injuries and missed picks. And that's why we are where we are. Well, as Cardinals fans, we know nothing about busted first round picks whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, we, Robert, uh, is, how, uh, how many, how many we have left on the roster now, John, it's just Reddick and, um, just, just Reddick. Reddick, Humphreys and then Kyler Murray, oh, but they have not signed a player to a second contract, first round pick from a second contract since I believe it was Patrick Peterson, Peterson in yeah. 2011. Oh my so if you want to talk about horrific <laughs> yes. first round picks in production, that is tough to beat. Uh, and they somehow won a division title, made the playoffs twice in that run. Um, and have a, I think, a winning record over that span. So it's not all first-round picks, but damn, we might as well just trade away our first-round pick every year for a proven player because they cannot hit on anybody in the first round. So I feel your pain there and then some. Yeah, Buddha is going to be the first second-round pick since Daryl Washington to actually get extended, I think, as well, if they end up signing him to a second deal. And that was a 2010 pick, so you're talking about, like, you know, almost 10 years or so before of that. So it's it's been uh, it's been rough as far as the Cardinals fans. It's part of why they picked number one overall last year, even though I, I, I was one of the things I was trying to think of as far as with how, you know, with Cardinals and Niners, it's like they're kind of the lowest of the low. Cardinals beat the Niners twice and yet still pick number one. And it's like it just both sides, it felt like lost overall a little bit last year. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit. I know we've gone over that with Kyle Shanahan. Let's wrap it up as far as with the uh, with the defensive side 
Um, let's talk a bit about with the Cardinals have added a few new wide receivers, at least. They're trying to see if they can get David Johnson more hopefully put back into the right place. Kyler Murray's obviously going to run around. Niners added guys like Quan, D. Ford. Um, you've got Richard Sherman obviously coming back. Uh, feels like Verrett is always injured, which is unfortunate, and they seem to be kind of counting on him. So what, what's kind of what you feel like as far as with this Niners defense from the back seven, or I should say the uh, – we moved on to kind of from the front seven to the linebackers, which, you know, we've, we've got one linebacker, I think, at least overall that we feel good about here. And he's heard a lot, too, in Jordan Hicks. But what about with the Cardinals and then the talent versus the scheme? The Niners have a new D.C., I believe, as far as that. Cardinals also have a new defense that's coming in. Uh, what's kind of your take on as far as with how the Niners are going to work on stopping the air raid? Is it going to be just having more talent available or is it going to be a specific way if you were having to go around with this roster to try to take on uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray? Yeah, that'll be um, I first of all, like I love the pace that they played with early on with Kyler. I think that is the way to go. Just push the pace, play fast, get out of his hands. And if he has to run around, so be it. He will let him make plays. But as far as uh, the Niners go, they have that. The D.C. runs the the Gus Bradley, Jacksonville, Seattle, heavy cover three, heavy zone. And in that's why he doesn't blitz a lot. And mm-hmm. that's why they went out and got Ford and Bosa with the assumption that, you know, we're going to get there with four and we're going to play coverage. One thing that has been pretty notable early on here is Richard Sherman is fully recovered and he, he can mm. run again. And he looks really, really good. Like he he looks like the Richard Sherman of old. Last year when I was watching him, you could tell that he just couldn't really run. He didn't have his burst. And um, you're seeing him make plays on some speedy guys, like being able to get to angles that he wasn't able to get to last year. So I think the team speed just overall is much better. Obviously, the addition of Quan Alexander helps. Um, I'm not sure that he's as good as people think he is. I mean, I don't know what the perception of his, him is in general. Uh, they actually have the rookie from Arkansas, Dre Greenlaw, who's been lighting it up in camp. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, he is very, very fast. He's very athletic, and he just makes plays. He, he's not just athletic, but he's, like, aware as well. So, um, though their second-level guys are going to be a lot better, so much better than last year. Uh, Fred Warner is another guy. He was a rookie third-round pick last year. He's probably um, – not not the leader, but he's I mean the captain, the the, the middle linebacker of the defense, and you can tell mm-hmm. he uh, they they respect him. He's a vocal leader, and he can make plays. He's a good guy, uh, good in zone. But it's going to come down to the pass rush, and will Ford will D Ford be healthy? Will Nick Bosa be healthy? Because if they are, they're going to be they're going to be able to get pressure and get off mm-hmm. the field, create turnovers. But if not, it'll be a long for the secondary because opposite of Sherman, Achilleo uh, Witherspoon the the uh, Third round pick from Colorado. He had a really good rookie year. Not so much his second year. And we're going to see what he can do, what the real Witherspoon is um, this year. So, And then their safeties, uh, Jimmy Ward, is ever. <laughs> it's almost like yeah. when, when is he going to get hurt? But the, the franchise loves him, man. And uh, Tarverius Moore, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that name, but mm-hmm. uh, he's a super athlete out of uh, Southern Miss last year they moved him to corner for whatever reason now he's back at free safety and he's been starting and he looks really good man he looks like the type of safety you want so i think he can actually develop into a pretty solid player um but i mean if ward comes back it'll be ward's job so team Mm -hmm. speed on defense is going to be the difference that's how that's how they're going to be able to make plays 
That's good stuff, man. Yeah, I'm hearing like with some of the coverage and some of the zone stuff, and then it's like, gosh, like it kind of reminds me of almost the Seahawks model of Seahawks did so well because they could get pressure with those guys so often for the most yeah. part. But if you can't get that pressure, then if I'm Kyler Murray, I hear cover three with Cliff Kingsbury offense. I'm like, hello. So it feels like that's really what's going to drive a lot of your defense this year is going to be that front seven improvement that's being banked on. Oh, yeah, you can you can um, eat this defense up really easy if you just spread them out and you, you just can isolate linebackers and just get them running down the field. Um, I mean, Cliff's going to know what to do. So I yeah. imagine there will be big plays left and right. The, it'll just come down to will you be able to block the guys up front? Yeah, and that's what Arizona's had the same question since um, how, how many years has it been, John? Like not not the seven every year, but, you know, <laughs> every year since the franchise moved to Arizona, definitely they have uh, they have become just a laughing stock up front and have been so for probably thirty plus years. So yeah, Mike, <laughs> Mike McGlinchey would have been their best offensive lineman last year. Um, they would kill for for somebody like that in any position. But, hey, we love our, our number two and number three corners every year in the second round. So, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Although I will say they kind of need him this year with, you know, Patrick Peterson suspended. For they do. They do. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So I think the first game the Cardinals play with the Niners, I know it's within, I believe, that six-game period. So that's going to be something that we'll uh, have to find out exactly how that defense will look. Um and then I believe they have, uh, isn't it at the end of the year that they also have another? I got the schedule. I'm pulling up to double check on that. Because last year it was very strange where John and I were both absolutely convinced that uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo had stayed healthy or they moved to Nick Mullins a week earlier that the Cardinals, like some fans try to, you know, they like to brag about, hey, the Niners haven't beaten this since I think it's like 14 or something. We don't like do that. that. In a while for that one. We're very, really, we don't do that. Yeah, we're, we're kind of in this part. We were like last year saying, this is the year that it's going to break for that one. Like the Niners are going to sweep us. And then if it just had changed for all of that, it's like, all right, well, I guess it went it went our way for something for the most part. But uh, we are pretty much, um, yeah, I think it's the first game is during week it's nine. This time, so it was it? Wrong. It's the primetime games. It's Halloween. Um, it's the one that's going to oh, be uh, at home. So I know a lot of Cardinals fans, season ticket holders are a little bit upset because it's like you can't find anyone to get the tickets to. So if you got any other C- uh, Niners fans that are going to be coming into town, you can see about the Cardinals fans. But they play uh, right after the Buccaneers as well. So like last year, pretty close to each other for the most part. Not as much of that late game uh, rivalry respect, it seems like at this point, which is uh I don't know, it's it's how it is. But uh, as we kind of wrap up, at least for this um, this special edition, um, we kind of like to keep it lighthearted here. Um, we also like to poke fun at ourselves, at our team. So what we have is we're kind of thinking of zingers that Niners fans should know. Like if you're going with a game to a Cardinals fan, what's a zinger that'll be able to get him? We'd love to hear like some of the zingers you've heard. I know one that I shared with John as far as like a zinger for Niners fans to know would be, hey, like a Cardinals fan is trying to brag, just remind them that, hey, you guys have had as many good years of O-line play as you have rings. That's like one of the zingers that you can have. (laughs) So are there any other zingers at least that you would have for Cardinals fans you can think of to know about that might just, you know, either get under the skin of a Niners fan or something if we're going to a game with something like that for Halloween today uh today I told Danny Kelly Seahawks guy that I think Kyler is a baller I'm just wondering if Arizona's win total or the fact that the the offensive rookie of the year trophy is taller than him will keep him (laughs) from winning the award I will always clown on his height no matter how good he is Oh my gosh, that's funny, at least for that one. Oh, that's good. Um, What would be one as far as like if there's a, like one to kind of clown on with Niners fans or some of that one at least, if that's the case for those? Because I know that like I, 
I love with the Kyla things that's there. There's plenty of things to dunk on from the Cardinals. You can just say the word 2018 and that dunks. What are other <laughs> things that you could say as far as with like the Niners fans outside of like Solomon Thomas? What would be another kind of thing that we'd be able to, you know, say to a Niners fan or that they would say about their team? Oh, they are very, very sensitive about Jimmy G. So anything adult film star related, <laughs> oh. sure, we'll get under I that. I would think you would take pride in that. As a, I would definitely take pride in that as a Cardinal <laughs> fan. I would, I, my comparison, I don't think he is anywhere close to Kevin Cobb, but it's Kevin Cobb-esque so far uh, for the Niners and their fan base. But I, don't, I, I do think he's much more talented. But that 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 has to be the comparison right now. Yeah, yeah I was I mean, gonna, just yeah, the that fact that he hasn't that. really done much. Yeah, I was gonna say the one that I remember at least that someone said was like, "Oh, I see that the um oh what was the what was even I can remember this." He's like, "Oh, I see the better looking Matt Castle is uh, back out at it again Ooh, on the field." And I was like, "That you. was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one." So, yeah, well, uh, we always like to be able to keep it light for the most part. Um, I know last year, I think our favorite one that John even brought up was the Cardinals had higher points on like the B- blood alcohol content test than they did as an offense. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the I was like, shut it. Shut it down. That's the best zinger you can have, and it came back up in the came back up in the news again this week. So the beer's just like water in Tempe, I guess. They're just with the executives <laughs> and the Cardinals right now. But you stay know, stay away from Mill Ave, man. That's How right. <laughs> hey, Kyle, uh, no, real I quick before we get you off the, the the line here, I got a quick question. Do Niner fans uh, have some resentment with these young quarterbacks that have gone in the draft, um, like the 2017 draft class? And resentment for obviously not only taking Solomon Thomas, but then trading for Jimmy G. Now you're seeing all these rookies come in and have success. Do they feel like they've missed that boat no, a little bit? That's a good question. I think it. I think it's more of. I really don't. I've I've seen it very like just very few times. I think it's more. What do you mean? It's just hindsight. <laughs> like oh, no. like we didn't know Deshaun Watson was going to be a good football player. Yeah, yeah. John and I were. He's a. He. I don't know how many articles it's been on Pat Mahomes that he's written now for Revenge of the Birds. I think it's like five out of your six. It feels like almost John. So we Blake and I were beating that drum. And of course, it's hindsight. But local. This is what you need to know about local Arizona media. They were. Palmer was done. They had signed him to a one-year extension. They were telling Cardinal fans, "You don't need to take a quarterback, and if you do, you should target somebody." like Nathan Peterman and Cardinal oh, fans like, what are you talking about? Yeah, Deshaun Kaiser to... was the other name that was brought right. up. And apparently they like, did kind of gonna... want those quarterbacks, but AZ Media was just... They were like, these guys can't play. This guy played in the in the Big 12 for Texas Tech. He's no good. <laughs> um, Deshaun's arm is too, is, um, too weak. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we're... we're right there with you, man. Like, it, you just you feel like you're beating your, your head against the wall sometimes with those, you know, local media... I remember being a big Mahomes fan early on, and people, yeah, that's all you heard was um, he, it was either he played in the air raid offense, which apparently you never see in the NFL those concepts, and nope, never you you um <laughs> it was also he didn't win games at Texas Tech because you know he plays defense too. The Cardinals <laughs> missed so badly on that that they doubled down on Texas Tech's former coach. And then found a poor man's Patrick Mahomes first overall. That's that's how bad. <laughs> that's a good one, John. That's that a good one. Trade up for Mahomes. So probably end it there. I think. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. nothing uh, left uh, to say. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Again, uh, you can be able to follow him on Twitter. I know that obviously it's like with Niners fans, that's the case. Don't worry, at least for that one. There's other teams that we have as far as with the um, – well, uh, as soon as you guys can find a home, I guess, for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers for the most part. But uh, that is going to be it for us today. Um, he is going to be at KP underscore show on Twitter. Uh, do give him a follow, Cards fans. It's always good to be able to know, what I guess, what the enemy is there. But he's just a great guy as well for the most part. Um, you can, again, always follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any other place you can find us. We'll be signing off for here tonight. Uh, thank you so much, folks, for tuning in.